Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we talk about the 10 best moves this team has made over the last 10 years. But first, ESPN is continuing on doing documentaries about the GOAT, and that has a little something to do with the uh, Buccaneers quarterback. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayArko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Today's episode, of course, is brought to you by Built Bar. Head to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. Your lead Tampa Bay Buccaneer story is that ESPN unveiled over the weekend that they will be debuting a documentary series chronicling Tom Brady's time in the NFL, and they dropped a little trailer to give everyone a little taste of what's to come. Realizing my potential has been what my career has been all about. Things that I've dreamed about have actually come true. And the Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Unbelievable. Things have happened in my life as I kind of hoped they would happen. It's been, I mean, just a complete evolution. You know, how I just kept kind of fighting and clawing to continue to, to power forward. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you keep trying to make progress. So when I look at over 20 years, I look, look how far I've come. But there's not one step that I took where I realized, look how far I've come. But those series of steps that I put together um, I go, wow, that's, man, that's quite a journey. So seeing as ESPN kind of try to double down on the success that The Last Dance has had as a, as a docuseries, I mean, I don't think it's any secret that, you know, an MJ documentary, I mean, we, call it what you want it's it's about the bulls got it but it really it's an mj documentary uh was going to do as well as it did i mean coronavirus or no coronavirus quarantine or no quarantine i think that docuseries was going to kill just like it has and just like it did um but i think a tom brady docuseries is is maybe not as you know i, I don't know if it's going to be as highly touted or as watched uh, i would be surprised if it surpassed the numbers as the the last dance did but it's still very intriguing and even if he's not playing for the tampa bay buccaneers james i have to say that i'm i would be intrigued by any Tom Brady documentary chronicling the career of him because, or the career that he's built because, I mean, this is a guy who you talk about the ultimate underdog story and you can't really be a Buccaneers fan or somebody who, who enjoys covering the bank, but the Buccaneers from any standpoint, unless you are a fan of underdogs because this would drive you crazy if you weren't. But you talk about the ultimate underdog story and, and, the, and the, the ability that you have as a human being to kind of will yourself to become better than maybe you were supposed to be. Uh, we talked about it before on this show that, most of the talent in the National Football League either succeeds or doesn't succeed based off of one or two factors. And one of those factors, factors obviously, is injury. 
which is a little bit out of most people's control. But the other is mentality. And when you see players who have all kinds of talent, Ryan Leaf is a guy who comes to mind. Ryan Leaf didn't fail in the National Football League because of lack of talent. It was more his mental capacity and his ability to be an NFL quarterback. So I think what we're going to see is a chronicling of a guy who took probably average, honestly, physical talent and turned himself into one of the greatest players to ever play this game because of his mental ability and his ability to hone his that average talent into superior performance. Yeah, it's certainly going to give a very interesting look into kind of the way Tom Brady's mind works. We saw parts of Michael Jordan, you know, in that Last Dance documentary that some people knew, you know, how he was with his teammates at practice. And a lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't understand the level that he took it to. We're going to see that kind of angle with Tom Brady now. He's been over over the course of time. So I'm really looking forward to being able to to see what they can create out of this. And, and and, uh, you know, just to get a, a peek behind the curtain the way we did with Michael Jordan, I'd love to see the same kind of thing about a guy like Tiger Woods or a guy like Mike Trout in the MLB or, you know, somebody, I, I'm not going to say Sidney Crosby because I don't care about Sidney Crosby, but, you know, give me something, uh, you know, can we get some lost footage of Wayne Gretzky or Mario Lemieux? Like how incredible would stuff like that be? And I think with the success of The Last Dance, ESPN and, and Netflix are going to look for things like this that they can do because it truly is captivating and it really gives you know everyday people a better understanding of what these athletes do and what they put themselves through in order to be the best at whatever sport they play. So really excited for when that drops next year. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be well worth the watch. Uh, coming up next, we are going to be talking about the Buccaneers' 10 best moves over the last 10 years to counter our 10 worst moves that we had on Friday. But first, you know we've got to talk about Built Bar. Built Bars are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They come in all kinds of amazing flavors, covered 100% in chocolate, soft, easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in something that is just absolutely outstanding. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and you can get them for $10 off just by heading over to builtbar.com using the promo code locked on. But not only that, for those of you listening to this on Monday, for Monday only on Memorial Day, if you place your order at builtbar.com, you get a free pack of assorted Built Boost Energy Drink Mix. It's just like those Crystal Light packets or the Gatorade packets. You pour it in a bottle of water, shake it up, boom, you are good to go. And starting this week, starting on the 25th, going through the 31st, $5 off every box of Built Bars in addition to the $10 off with promo code locked on four new flavors, peanut butter banana, pineapple upside down cake, coconut pecan pie, and blueberry lemon. Order today and you will not only get $10 off with promo code locked on, $5 off from Built Bar on every box of bars, but on Monday you're getting a free pack of assorted Built Boost energy drink mix. You cannot, they're literally just giving you stuff at this point. Why not try it? Head to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on 
at checkout. Hope you're all out there enjoying a safe Memorial Day today here on Monday at the Locked On Bucks podcast. Uh, we at, we ended last week by going over the 10 worst decisions of the last 10 years by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. So we, de- we, so we decided to kick off this week by going through the 10 best decisions. And uh, we actually had quite a few options here. We had, we had some that didn't make the list, but I think we have a good list here, James. And we're going to kick it off with number 10 being tripling down on defensive backs in the 2019 NFL draft. Yeah, we we saw the way that that kind of came to fruition the second half of the year. We, we've talked numerous times, Bucks fans talk about it all the time, how this defense came together in the second half of the year. And that was because they tripled down on those defensive backs in the 2019 draft. You had Jamel Dean, uh, Sean Murphy bunting. You had Mike Edwards there on the back end. And you know, mixed with with Carlton Davis. That was a solid secondary. Now they've added Antoine Winfield Jr. But yeah, tripling down on those DBs, we all kind of knocked it. We all kind of scratched our heads and questioned it when it happened at the time. But looking back with the way they played, that was a great decision. It might be the best one of the – well, obviously we think – it's one of the best decisions they've made over the last 10 years. Yeah, and who knows, if, we, if we're around long enough to do this list in 2030 uh, and do another 10-year look at Buccaneers' decisions, this one may actually turn out to be the number one decision when all is said and done, depending on especially what happens with Mike Edwards. You know, we know that's a little bit up in the air, but Jamel Dean and, and Sean Murphy Bunting already looking like guys that are going to be key pieces of this defense for years to come. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, I don't, I don't think anybody – out there, any draft experts or draft sites had the Buccaneers selecting three defensive backs in 2019. But I do know that it sparked some conversation about could the Buccaneers draft three offensive linemen in 2020. So definitely made an impact not only on the field, but in the minds of everybody talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And somebody else who made an impact on the field for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as soon as he arrived. And then, uh, James, we were talking off air. I think his impact is still echoing through today with the Buccaneers roster was the signing of Vincent Jackson. Yeah, this was a big one. This was one of the the first post-Super Bowl era, like big name guys that came to the Buccaneers. They had been they had been struggling and, and then all of a sudden here comes this young quarterback in Josh Freeman who puts up, you know, some pretty ridiculous numbers, but he needed some help. He needed a number one guy. You know, back then they had Mike Williams and Aurelius Ben. Like that was kind of their that was kind of what he had to work with. They had Kellen Winslow at tight end who was, you know, playing pretty well for them. They go out, they signed Vincent Jackson to a five-year $55.55 million deal. And they they did all those fives as a tribute to Josh Freeman, you know, to immediately, you know, get Vincent Jackson on, on Freeman's side. But until he started getting plagued with injuries, I mean, he had over a thousand yards every year. And then to be that mentor. For Mike Evans, the first three years of of Evans' career and kind of steer him in the right, the right direction, teach him those those veteran savvy tricks. You're right. I mean, that's not to say that the Mike Evans of today wouldn't still be the same had Vincent Jackson not been there. But I think we saw Mike Evans mature a little bit faster and get a little bit better. You know, fat. You know, ahead of schedule uh, is the better way to say it because he had a mentor there and a, a Pro Bowl player in Vincent Jackson. Yeah, two guys who, I mean, their, their bodies are similar, their playing style is similar, so I think you, you can't, I think you'd be remiss to not mention Vincent Jackson as a key part of the development of Mike Evans. I mean, 
uh, you just look at the two guys. I mean, their their demeanor, their demeanor on the field, their demeanor in the public, uh, kind of kind of mirror each other. And you know, they both have uh, have reached into the community and tried to make impacts that way as well. So a lot of similarities between the two. Um, and I think both wide receivers are going to go down as part of the good parts of Buccaneers history. Uh, moving into the next one, number eight on our list, another group of guys that are going to go down as a good good feeling story or a good story for Buccaneers history and Buccaneers fans are the undrafted free agents that Jason Light has been able to find for this team. And specifically, the, the top three that we're talking about are Cameron Brait, who still remains with the team, Adam Humphreys, who left last year, unfortunately, uh, to go get paid by the Tennessee Titans, and then Peyton Barber, who remained on the team until this offseason when he signed with the Washington Redskins. And again, James, we were talking uh, before we started recording, and just imagine, you know, as, as much as this team really has struggled over the last 10 years to really put anything together, especially consistently, Imagine how much worse this team might have been without guys like Cam Brate, Adam Humphreys, and Peyton Barber. And then, of course, you know I like to hang my hat on the Peyton Barber thing because as soon as he was added to this roster as an undrafted free agent from Auburn, I went on the record and said that guy can be a starter in the National Football League, which he did. And I don't know what he'll do in Washington, but he made it to be a starter in the National Football League, so I'm going to hang my hat there and I'm going to keep it there for a while. But those undrafted free agents have been big for this organization. Yeah, and those certainly aren't the only ones that have had an impact for the Buccaneers, but those are the three biggest ones. When you, It's rare enough to find a starting caliber player as an undrafted free agent. You can find guys who can come in and contribute, but to find starting caliber players as undrafted free agents, that's not, that's not a common occurrence. The Buccaneers not only found one, but they found three in Brate, Humphreys, and Barber. You know, Barber was their starting running back last year and you know, until he and Rojo started more of a time split and Rojo started to take over that role. Adam Humphreys, he got paid big money to go be a starter in Tennessee. And then Cameron Brate, you know, he's part of the best tight end group in all of football. And it's because he earned that starting job. He earned that starter's money. And I realize you can point to OJ Howard being drafted, but that hasn't taken away from Cam Brate's role. And and finding guys like that is not only is it not easy and not common, but the Buccaneers managed to do it under Jason Light. So tip of the hat to him because those are some incredible moves. Yeah, and then another tip of the hat necessary uh, towards the organization this time and players obviously being involved in this, but it's it, James is one of your favorites on this list uh, before we start recording. So obviously you're gonna have a lot to say about it, but that of course is cut for a cure. Yeah, this is a phenomenal program that the Buccaneers started seven years ago, well, eight years ago now, uh, and have raised over $400,000 for pediatric cancer. And you guys have seen the videos, you've seen the photos on Buccaneers.com and on Twitter where they have these, these pediatric cancer patients come in and cut the hair of Buccaneers players. Some guys opt for the dye job rather than the cut because you know they're attached to their hair or whatever. And while Gerald McCoy was still in Tampa, we know he would always come out, you know, they would present the big check and then he would round it up and, and contribute a lot more money out of his own pocket to, to really just make those kids days. And, and they all loved it. The players love doing it. You know, the, it, it's so exciting for those kids who are going through so much to have something like this to go do and, and be a part of. And then, of course, the donating of the money to help those kids and, and help find a cure. So, you know, we're, we knocked on our, on our last episode when we talked about the 10 worst things. We knocked the, the marketing department for that, 
siege the day slogan. Well, credit will where credit is due. This isn't a player move. It's not a personnel move. What it is, is it's a move by the organization to do something great for the community and for these children. So I absolutely love that they do this. I'm, I hope it continues given all of the, you know, all of the things going on right now. Hopefully they can find a way to still do something like this and, uh, and keep the streak alive. Yeah, it's always great to see a team helping out the community and then doing it in a fun way that's also effective. Uh, just makes it even that much better. I mean, the, the vision, like you said, of seeing players and certain guys getting their hair cut or their hair, you know, dyed. I remember when Trevor Sikama got involved in it. That was that was kind of a big thing on on Buccaneers Twitter. Uh, but moving into number six, James, um, I think obviously this move, you know, when it happened, really wasn't actually all that celebrated. Uh, but then as the season got going, it very quickly became a point of topic for for conversation for a lot of Bucks fans and Bucks media. And then the national media eventually got on board. And that, of course, is the signing of Shaquille Barrett, who will return to try to defend his crown and hopefully earn that long-term contract with the Buccaneers this time. Yeah, well, he said on our show that he was looking for an opportunity to be a starter. You know, that was that was his big thing when he started the search. And he was going to get that opportunity with the Buccaneers. So he was excited to join him. And, and he certainly made the most of it, given his opportunity. And Seeing him, you know, paired with Jason Pierre-Paul for only a half season, imagining what the two of them can do together for a full season, it gets you excited. You know, all the guy wanted was a chance, and you know he maximized on that opportunity. And yeah, you know, he's one of the most exciting players on this roster, I think, for Buccaneers fans to be able to see what he does in 2020 as the defense continues to try to assert themselves the way they did the last half of 2019 and and help the Bucks make a big run here. Yeah, and of course, James, you know, talking about Shaquille Barrett coming to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Bucs weren't the only option for Shaq. I mean, he had he had he talked about Cincinnati uh talking to him. He talked about the Broncos even wanting to keep him. Granted, they were gonna keep him in a depth role, and that wasn't what he was looking for. But another thing that the Buccaneers brought forward to him that they that he was looking for was the opportunity to play in a three four. He talked on our show about how he's always played in a three four. He always wanted to play in a three four. And then during the season he talked about how he's always played in three four, but not a three four quite like this one with with defense coordinator Todd Bowles there in Tampa. Uh, and that's our number five item entering the top five is switching to that 3-4 defense, that Todd Bowles defense, which I think really kind of helps not only uh, put this defense in a position with Shaq Barrett, with JPP, with the defensive line, but also it kind of brought back that feeling of Buccaneers football. I mean, when you think Buccaneers football, you think defense. You think Rondé Barber, John Lynch, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp. You don't think Trent Dilfer. You don't think about those guys. And this switch to the 3-4 really kind of put the defense in the forefront, really kind of has put people like Levante David up there, Devin White being a number one overall draft – or number one pick for the Buccaneers, number five overall, uh, justified by that switch to that system. So really that move to 3-4 has been huge, and I think a little bit of it is also symbolic and kind of brings back that nostalgia of the great defense uh, that Tampa used to have. Yeah, seeing what Todd Bowles has done with this defense and, and the base scheme getting changed around. Yeah, Tampa's been a 4-3 team for as long as m- most of our listeners have been alive. There was a there was a brief time way back when when they when they flirted with the 3-4 alignment, but most <laughs> I would say 99% of our listeners were not around to see those uh those old glory days, but yeah, the the three four certainly helped out a lot, and it's it's what made Shaq as successful as he did. And and David, you brought it up that Jason Pierre-Paul. One of the reasons that he got moved was because the Giants didn't think he would work in a three four, and instead he flourished. So 
you know, this, everything about this defense is just absolutely phenomenal for, for these diehard Buccaneers fans who are used to dominant defenses and, and they got away from that there for most of this decade. And it looks like it's on its way back. And that of course leads us to the next item on our list, uh, which will, will end this segment for, for the list. And then we'll get into the top three to wrap up today's show. That is trading for Jason Pierre Paul. And James, this is one that we kind of, I won't say debated, but discussed a little bit because signing Shaq, obviously big. Switching to that 3-4 defense obviously has been big. Trading for Jason Pierre-Paul has also been big. But like you pointed out, which is what gave JPP the nod at four and gave the switching to the 3-4 scheme at five, uh, was the fact that JPP was with Tampa Bay when they were still running that 4-3 base defense and was still successful. Now, I argue that he was even more successful in that 3-4 line, but either way, Whatever defense this, this, this team is running, whichever defense coordinator is running the team, Jason Pierre-Paul has proved since arriving from the New York Giants that he's going to be an impact player on that defense. Yeah, because it was under that 3-4 or that 4-3 alignment that Jason Pierre-Paul finally ended the double-digit sack drought. Uh, and then, yeah, switching to the 3-4 just made him even more fearsome you know, as, a, as a pass rusher. So having a full season – of Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett. I mean, JPP almost came away with, with double-digit sacks last year. So, yeah, I mean, he he only started in eight games. He he played in ten, only, only started eight. So seeing a full season of him with Todd Bowles, you know, pulling the strings there on, on defense, man, that's got to get people excited. Counting down the top ten best moves for the Buccaneers over the last decade. And this one... This one was was some debate between David and myself before the show because it's hard to put this one on the list, but it's also impossible to not have it on the list. And that's the signing of Tom Brady. We don't know the results of that signing yet, so this could very well end up on the list of the 10 worst moves of the last decade, but you take a look at what Tom Brady has already done for this organization as far as bringing the national attention and bringing a spotlight to players who have earned it but not received it. You know, guys like Levante David, guys like Chris Godwin and, and Mike Evans are certainly going to benefit from it. You know, Mike Evans, for all intents and purposes, he gets overlooked at times too. People want to talk about the best receivers in the NFL – They want to talk about Michael overrated Thomas. They want to talk about Julio Jones. They want to talk about DeAndre Hopkins. People saying Devontae Adams was better than Mike Evans. I say absolutely not. So, you know, bringing in a guy like Brady and actually turning some eyeballs towards Mike Evans is is going to give him a little bit more cred among uh, among non-Buccaneers fans. But, you know, how how can we not put it on? This is the biggest free agent signing in the history of this franchise. It has to make the list. Yeah, despite the fact that, you know, Tom Brady hasn't actually taken the field for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yet, no wins, no losses, no yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions have been put in the record books for Tom Brady as a buck. Uh, it absolutely has to be on the list because, like you like you just said, I mean, you know, we're starting to hear so much from so many different outlets now that Levante David is one of the most underrated players in the NFL that it's basically becoming Levante is no longer underrated. People are talking about him all the time now. So how can you call him underrated? if everybody and their mother is talking about him being underrated. But that is kind of what the Brady effect has been. Chris Godwin has been all over uh, mass media and and big networks, you know, and and getting talked up and getting talked about. And he's been given some really good answers, some good insight into what's going on in the organization. 
uh, himself. And it's great to see him getting all that. But again, that doesn't come without Tom Brady. Rob Gronkowski doesn't come out of retirement, you know, without Tom Brady. And talking about the future, you know, it, it, you know, everybody's talking about Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski probably here for one year, two at the most. And then, you know, what are we going to do after that? Well, who knows what we're going to do. But I can tell you this, that if O.J. Howard uh, continues to develop and if he gets even better under the tutelage of a guy like Rob Gronkowski, then eight years from now when you have, you know, your veteran O.J. Howard, who's now the elder statesman contributing for the Buccaneers, maybe training up his replacement tight end position, that can all be tied back to this move as well. Uh, so, again, this is a move that not only impacts today and the spotlight the team has on them, but could also have ripple effects throughout the franchise as we move forward. Yeah, and moving on to our number two best move over the last 10 years. You know, we talk a lot on the show about drafts and, and we put a lot of time and effort into it. And, you know, we're always talking about these, these first-round picks, but if you're able to land one of the best players at his position on the second day of an NFL draft, that's a that's a pretty solid move, and that's exactly why number two on our list is drafting Chris Godwin. Yeah, and I mean, if you guys have been following us for any period of time, you know, going back to that 2017 draft class, you already know just how high uh, that we were, and I was personally on Chris Godwin coming out of Penn State. Uh, I mean, you guys know I'm an Ohio State guy. I watch Big Ten football more than probably any other college uh, conference there is out there. So I, I knew plenty about Chris Godwin coming out of college, but I'll tell you what, guys, that Rose Bowl game against USC really is what sealed the deal for me. And if you haven't seen that game, I've watched the Rose, that Rose Bowl game, I don't even know, like probably seven, eight times easily, not even from like a studying standpoint, but just to kind of watch it. And, and Penn State lost that game. But listen, what Chris did in that game, he did literally everything you could want a wide receiver to do. You want to see a wide receiver turn a short pass into a good game, you're, you can look at that film. You want to see him win at the line of scrimmage against his defender, you can look at that game. You want to see him win against off coverage by manipulating the defender, you can go to that game. You want to see him climb the ladder, go to that game. Make amazing athletic catches, go to that game. Stretch the field, go to that game. Literally, you can see anything you want to see out of an NFL wide receiver, out of Chris Godwin, going up against USC. That was before he ever touched the National Football League field. He's just gotten better uh, three years into his career. Uh, second team all pro, pro bowler. You know, again, uh, potentially there, there was conversations last year uh, that he might be the best wide receiver on this roster, even with Mike Evans on the field. So, I mean, what Chris has done in such a short amount of time has been pretty amazing. Uh, but I think that it was, it was – you could see it coming from those who really kind of watched him closely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, were, we were all thrilled when he was drafted. And then to see his growth – you know, year by year has just been beyond exciting. Yeah, he's he's been probably the most interviewed Buccaneers player since the signing of Tom Brady. Seems like every time I turn around, you know, there's a video up on Twitter about a you know another show that that Chris Godwin was on, and, and he was talking about you know, yeah, they only have Tom Brady for two years, but if he's not picking his brain about all of these different things and and learning as much as he possibly can, then he's doing himself and, and the rest of his career a disservice, which is absolutely 100% true. So seeing what, what Chris Godwin can do this year is, I mean, the sky's the limit. The Buccaneers could end up with the top two wide receivers in all of the NFL when all is said and done this year. But that brings us to number one, because a lot of these things that we've talked about aren't possible if number one doesn't happen. And David, our, our number one best move over the last 10 years is retaining Jason Light 
and the subsequent hiring of Bruce Arians. Yeah, I think this one, uh, there, there are going to be some of our listeners who want to contend this one, and I, and I can already hear it coming. Um, we've had a lot of conversations over the years about Jason Light specifically, and that's where I'm going to start with this. You know, we, we've had a talk from the, from the year with Lovey and then from the dirt cutter and everything else moving forward, and then now with BA here, you know, how much is Jason Light responsible for? How much does he get blamed for? How much does he get credit for? That atrocious 2016 NFL draft class uh, is, is definitely on that list. But listen, at the end of the day, guys, all the hype that there has been on this team, you know, whether go back to the hard knock season or whatever, there, there have been years where this team won the offseason and came into the year with a lot of excitement around them and fans had really high expectations and they didn't meet them. And I understand that. However, what I will tell you is when your team wins the offseason, that's because your general manager won the offseason. So that's kind of the, that's the, 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 the hill I'm going to die on when it comes to Jason Light in this conversation. But moving beyond that, Bruce Arians doesn't come to Tampa if Jason Light isn't in Tampa. Tom Brady doesn't come to Tampa if Bruce Arians isn't in Tampa. And those are things that I, I will stand firmly on until one of those guys comes out and says, no, you're wrong on that. Um, and this franchise isn't in the position that they're in right now, which, again, we, we come into another offseason, coming towards another season of excitement and of hype, right? And playoffs are the expectations, Super Bowl – is not a, a ridiculous goal to have. I think every Buccaneers fan is kind of nervous to speak those words out loud. But I think when you look at the NFL landscape, look at the attention they're getting. You don't give attention to a team like this unless those are the expectations. Like NFL Network isn't going to cover a team in May that they're not expecting to cover in January or February because they want to have all these clips and all these quotes and all these buzzwords ready to go in their database so that in February when they put together a little highlight reel, they have these things from the offseason. They can say, look, we're an NFL network. We had Super Bowl contenders on our show in the summer. So trust me, guys, that vibe is out there about this team. And again, go back through the, all the pieces. That doesn't happen without Tom Brady, which doesn't happen without B.A. B.A. doesn't happen without Light. Coming with B.A. is Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles brings that 3-4. J.P.P. gets even better than he was before. Shaq comes, so on and so forth. So that's got to be the top of the list. Yeah, and David, I don't think there's anything that I can add to that that you that you didn't already say. So with that, I think we are going to wrap things up. To be fair, we will mention a couple of our honorable mentions here that didn't quite make the list. We didn't do this with the um, with the bad decisions, but we'll do it with the good. Uh, drafting Vita Vea, giving Ronald Jones another year to prove himself, changing the uniforms back to the Super Bowl era uniforms, drafting Quan Alexander and drafting Jameis Winston. So there it is, our top 10 best moves by the Buccaneers in the last 10 years. And David, we are out of here. So please check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure that you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks and at Bucks underscore Nation. Send us your voicemails to 813-444-5841 and head to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. All this week, you get $5 off every box in addition to your promo code. And if you order today, Monday, Memorial Day, you're going to get a free box of the energy drink mix. Hope you all Have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.